Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. What's up, Familia? Dayspring here, and I'm so excited because we have a very special guest today to discuss Free Comic Book Day and the Avengers X-Men issue that came out yesterday. We have Minimated in the house. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We have Minimated in the house as I'm in your house and you are in Florida. I know. So we kind of like Freaky Friday. We're Clark Kent and Superman. We're not allowed to be in the same place at the same time, unless magic happens. Well, it's so funny because I was talking to someone, I think it was Hammy, and Hammy's like, oh, are you going to see Slayer Fest when you're in New York? I was like, I lived in New York for 18 years, and that bitch never came to see me. And, and now I feel like the same for with you. I was here for 18 years, and it was only till the end that we started becoming really good friends. And now the last few times where you've been so nice to let me stay at your place, you are away. Like you're not even in the city, so it's not even like okay, I'll crash here for a few days and then, and then we'll get dinner afterwards. You're just not here, and it frustrates me to no end. But I leave you memories of me everywhere because I usually leave it like a mess, so you can kind of see a little work in progress. Oh my god, no! So it's so funny. I came back from a daytime gig, and I walked in, and there are all these packages in your entryway. And all it's like Diamond Select, Amazon, everything. And we're on a group chat, obviously, with Jeff. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's just the new X-Men wave. And I'm like, Daddy Corsair's in one of these boxes. Uh, Daddy's not alone. Mafex Storm's there. Some Power Rangers are there. My entire Luke's uh, toy hall is there from Acme, um, from Mini Mates Showcase Day. I have a lot. And what's worse, Paul, there are seven other packages in the package room. It just called me. So you like, <laughs> it might just grow. It just it's, might grow. It's like, just... it's like, it's like waking up and seeing someone else's like Christmas tree and all their presents. <laughs> and I'm like, Ooh, I like I'm so, this diamond select box you have is huge. I want to know how many mini mates are in there. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just mini mates though, to be candid, because like, so for those of you that don't know, Luke's Toy Store is this mini mate specific toy store uh, that was created by a wonderful member of the community. Shout out to Luke314Pi. Um, not sponsored. Uh, trust, it's not sponsored. My, my credit card can tell you that for sure. <laughs> so, and what he does is every year he spends a year sh- um, going out and finding different things that fit into scale for Minimates, because Minimates are a weird toy line. They're at a weird scale. They're like in between 124 and like 132. So it's kind of hard for us to find stuff. And because of the licenses that Diamond has, not everything can be made into that scale or accessories. Like they're not allowed to make vehicles, for example. Allegedly, they're not allowed to make vehicles on um the marvel license so we can get a ghostwriter but we can't get the ghostwriter bike 
they've done some interesting things before where they'll give you like a little stand kind of that looks like a vehicle so you can kind of like fake it but um so what luke does is he spends a year finding stuff creating stuff he's a very talented digital artist so he'll make things like sticker kits where like you can stick stickers on the mini mate bodies that you already have to make new custom figures so that's what's in that box is like <laughs> i wait for this all year i go ham on it I I have a crisis of conscience always when it comes to it because it's like a lot of stuff too. He'll have a limited quantity, and I'm always so selfish and greedy. And I'm like, no, I want to get it. I want to get it. But then it's like, no, everyone needs to know about this. So it, I do sometimes begrudgingly lose some stuff uh, that I really wanted because there's like a limited quantity or a last one. But it's more important for the team. We got to take it for the team. I did not know that Diamond wasn't allowed to create like vehicles for their mini mates. That's for wild to me. Or just for, for Marvel? Marvel? Just for okay. Marvel. So like other sublines, we got some vehicles like Halo had some great vehicles. Um, Back to the Future, Knight Raider, Tron. They've been able to create certain things also for their their max line which was like a toys r us exclusive army builder-esque type thing they tried to create their own uniform world with like police officers firefighters doctors mountain climbers um but the marvel line specifically is like that and they also can't make vinny mates of marvel characters so that's why you don't get like a four inch tall giant man and this is all like so this is what we've had conversations. There's a wonderful message board uh, called minimatemultiverse.com, also not sponsored. And on that, <laughs> on that, some of the Diamond staff will come in and they'll say stuff and they'll explain some stuff and give, a, give out some inside baseball things. And that's one of the common themes that has been said is the Marvel line, which has been going on for over 20 years, um, can't do vehicles and they also can't fluctuate into too much of a bigger scale so they'll do little tricks like uh, a riser that'll give the two inch mini mate an extra half inch so it's like two and a half so like the hulk will look bigger or a sentinel can look bigger but for the most part everybody's even steven i have they done a galactus mini mate they have yeah. so there's the statue that's in my apartment um they made that. It's I'm like on... looking at it. I'm like right here. Where <laughs> is it? He's in the glass case with the records, the vinyl records. See. Yeah. Let me see. Hang on. So they, so he's a statue, and then they made a oh. two-inch one as part of a four-pack that was a Toys R Us exclusive that people got to vote in who they wanted, and the theme oh. was the Heralds of Galactus. So it was like Galactus Nova, um. I forgot who else is in that set. And then they did an extra two pack. So like we got fire Lord as well. And Airwalker, more morgues in the four pack. Um, so cause Toys R Us was really integral to the success of the mini mates line, because as you know, Toy Toys R Us was huge. So it was a yeah. huge distributor and they would sign some exclusive figures all the time. So there would be, 
sometimes when lines would be local comic store only or also Toys R Us um, and they would share a couple figures and then the Toys R Us line would have some exclusives and like the local comic store line would have figures that made more sense for local comic stores. Um, it's a source of contention for some people. I, I anecdotally heard that that's why some comic book stores stopped carrying mini mates was because for example, for us, right, when we were both in the city a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and there was the Toys R Us Times Square, oh, Midtown it. Comics, New York, used to carry a full assortment of mini-mates, but then it was like, okay, you can buy the Spider-Man Hulk 2-pack, for example, it's not an actual, like, calm down, people, it's not an actual, like, 2-pack set, okay, this is for illustrative purposes, um, that set would be 10 bucks at Midtown, but then you could just go to the Toys R Us Times Square and get it for five ninety nine. Yeah. And so some comic book stores got annoyed by that. And so they just slowly stopped ordering because they were getting undercut. Yeah. Yeah. By like the major chains, like true. It's funny. I, I, I had, I don't collect mini mates, but I have had a few here and there throughout the years. And one of them was that two pack with new X-Men G. Yeah, yeah. There's a present for you in the diamond Wait. box and from Luke's. Oh. There's supposed oh. to be a present for you. I <laughs> open it. Open Do it. Do I open it here? Oh my god, yes. I don't feel I feel so weird. I'm like I've been in your apartment for like a week, like living your life, and now I'm opening up your boxes. Like there's a, I feel there's like that sounds in Mr. Ripley forgot. here. No, there's supposed okay, wait, to see. be. I got you a present in there, and it will make sense when you, yeah. when you open it and you see it. It okay. will make sense. Let's open this live right here. Oh my god, live. I'm so excited! I've completely I've been dying to open forgot. Oh my god, I'm oh. so excited! I'm like I'm ready. So sad. I was like, I can't do this, and now I'm doing it. Wait, I'll, let me go find I'll a knife. So sad if it's not the. Um, I'll be so sad if it's not in that one. But that's the only one I can think of. It would be in. Okay, I found scissors. I found scissors here. Boom. All right, let's see. Let's see. What What am I looking for, though? You will know when you when see, I see it. it. Okay, is it going to be like a white phoenix? So, no. They did make a white phoenix. That was a con exclusive as part of Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. Oh, they did a Marvel vs. Capcom? Yeah, like, that's the thing about Minimates is, like, the license inventory is huge huge like even to the point where desperately seeking susan got mini mates <laughs> like so, wait, there's a random like, wait i'm getting confused with suddenly susan the one with brooke shields and kathy griffin no the madonna movie like there is an actual madonna uh, mini mate running these streets and i okay. actually don't have her um because i at the time i still remember I was at an FYE store when I saw her and I was like, this is a joke. Like this can't possibly be real. So I like put it back, left, went online. Is it these? It is! Oh my god! Stop it! Oh my god, I love it. Is this the same Gene Head from that new X-Men? So the one that I use for my new X-Men, but yeah, you really can't see it. But yeah, those three are for you. Oh my god, really? All three of them? Stop it. I'll yes, you have to have the set. Oh my god. It's so funny because I was looking at Minimates 
right before we jumped on this and I was like, Oh, I wonder what new ones have come up. And I saw this right here and I was yeah. like, Oh my God, they look really nice. Stop it. You made my day. Those Thank you. you. Those are for you. Yeah. You house me while I'm here and you're giving me toys. Like literally you're like the best ever. Oh my God. All right. So for folks at home who are listening to this, he got me, Pedro got me mini mates of dark Phoenix, gladiator, Corsair, good Phoenix, Cyclops and Lalandra. Dark Phoenix Saga mini mates right there. You can't see that. Whatever. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, it. those are for you. Stop it. Oh my god, I love it. And it, you have a lot of other stuff in here that I'm not touching, nor would I know what they are. <laughs> well, that's what I mean, right? Like it's the accessories. So like he makes he designs those backgrounds. Yeah, you got the young Avengers box set in here. <laughs> you got that's the Young my- Avengers. Oh that's my, my second. God. That's my second set, buddy. Really? That's my, I love it. Yeah, that's my that's Let my second set. Here. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Let me put everything back here. Wait, I also God. have the uh, the wrestler people are supposed to be in there too. Are the wrestler people here? Yeah. Let me check for you. I'll check that you have everything here. I'm also camera. looking for a Binny mate. If you see a box, it says Power Rangers, Megazord, and Dragazord Binny mates. Okay. Um, I see Alien in here. I see a car here. Uh, are there wrestlers in here? Yes, there are wrestlers here. Yes. How exciting. Are. I'm excited for you for when you get back. You're going to have all these. Like, what do you do? Do you just sit here and it's like Christmas morning? There's well, 17 boxes plus seven more downstairs. Dude. Dude, you're like- online shopping. I love you. Listen, things happen. I, I, I. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the dirt. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I get it. I mean, I used to online shop quite a bit until we we bought our place down in Miami. And now all our money goes into just like buying a new faucet and stuff like that. (laughs) So I get it. But you but like the thing, too, is like a lot of this stuff is just because Minimates, they don't have the production runs that like Hasbro does. So it very much is like you either see it and get it or you'll pay for it on the secondary market or you'll pay for it with time. Like it'll take the Galactus statue, right? I saw that when that came for It's like, I think it's like 300 or something. How much did you pay for it? (laughs) How much did you pay for it? A lady never tells. A lady never (laughs) tells. Oh, did you buy when it was happening is what I was asking. How much? uh, What was its retail? What was its so retail? It started off at a hundred bucks, but that was back okay. when I was in college, and I was like, I don't want to. I'm I'm not paying for this because, as you know, and some people know, I have a very strict Jean Grey policy. If a toy line doesn't have a Jean Grey, I won't purchase it. <laughs> like yes. I'm not. I'm not getting into it. I'm not getting involved. I'm done with the entire like oh, maybe we'll complete a team like 17 years from now. Like, no, I, I, I'm i not, I don't, I don't do that. I don't play with jeans. Like, well, I do, but I don't in that sense. Um, So I very much waited. And then, but Jean, thankfully, Diamond um, Art Asylum at the time did do an ultimate Jean Grey. And I was like, all right, that's fine. That counts. So I bought <laughs> her. Um. And then this statue came out and I was like, I don't necessarily know if this is going to have X-Men implications in any way, shape or form. So we're just going to chill for a second. Um, it was a hundred bucks in the early two thousands. Like, yeah, I was a college kid. 
I know that's a lot of money. I remember when legends were like $10, $7 and you're like, Oh man, this is really hurting the bank now. Yeah. No, not anymore. Back in not our anymore. day. Back in our day, guys. I, I found one of my like carded toy biz toys and it had like a four ninety nine sticker from Kmart. Like, my mom used to get so angry when we'd go to like Kmart or KB and we'd find the entire wave and they were all four ninety nine and like five figures, four ninety nine. My mom would be like, oh, oh, I'm so angry. Like you're so spoiled, everything. And it's like, oh my God, like what? $30, $40 for an entire set of five inch figures? That's like unheard of now. Well, that's what mini mates are. <laughs> so <laughs> you can get the whole wave typically. But now we've moved into, uh, they've stopped making box sets uh, or box waves like that. So, like, they don't make those three packs anymore. They're just making the four packs or more. So, okay. like, the, the Young Avengers box set was 50 bucks but it has like the majority of the team plus pizza dogs so there's like seven if you want to open it you can like the flap opens so you I'll can kind of see how, it, yeah. how it's displayed i'm, in, I'm, instra but, I'm instagramming the dark phoenix mini made so you got me as we speak i don't think i've like, ever gotten a gift on camera like that thank you well, you're welcome. I'm just excited that I remembered that uh, they were there. So yeah. that makes me happy. Um, this makes me you, happy. I love the Phoenix but, effect. Sorry, go, right? go, go, go. Um, so there were six plus pizza dogs. So that makes seven. So like yeah. there are seven characters in that box set. And so it went for retail price point of 50. But like, how much money have we spent on the three? Oh, Strike Force is there too. So like... On the Legend Strike Force waves, right? Yeah, yeah. Like just to complete that wave was over a hundred something bucks, over a hundred fifty. I forgot, but, like, man. I just like I pre-ordered that, didn't ask questions, but oh my god, this Dark Phoenix! Look at her, man. Hang on, hang on. Oh my god, look at that effect. This is gorgeous. Um, you know the thing I said about the Strike Force box set was I I do feel that's this generation's danger room box set that we got back in the day with magneto beast rogue and wolverine because i thought it was that good do you have it there oh my god stop it oh my god it just it was so good take a look for it it, it was just so good and it, it, it's such an inspiring piece of memorabilia of of, of marvel legends that anyone who gets that they're just going to want to automatically get more figures after my God, this like mini made dark. Phoenix I like is went so to good. find it because I have it here in this house somewhere. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I know that that box sits here because I saw Ugly Rogue or Scary Rogue as I like to refer to her. But then again, uh, like our memories as kids change some stuff because I thought I remember the Toy Biz Rogue as being so beautiful. I was like, Toy Biz Rogue is so pretty. The, the original one, the one that you've been Instagramming on like all yeah, the repaints. The five inch one. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, she's so pretty. And then Creepy Toy Guy made that video of like of the history of rogues. Guy. And I was like, no, mine was prettier than that. He had he must have had a busted, like bad paint job version. Yeah, he did not have a busted paint job version. That like was legit was what she looks like. I have reconciled my memories 
my baby is ugly i have accepted it that rogue in particular i have such a wonderful story i don't think i've ever shared it on the podcast before but i was looking everywhere for that five inch rogue because again back in our day you actually had to call up toys r us you didn't have any apps you couldn't pre-order anything you had to call up toys r us kmart kb toys hoping they got the wave in hoping they could put it on hold for you hoping if they did not it would still be on the pegs when you got there 30 minutes later so it, we were christmas shopping me and my tia and my mom and we went to sears on oh, you, you know, saw the softer Ken- side of sears in, in kendall and i was looking for the rogue i couldn't find her i believe sunspot was in that wave as well and i found sunspot and i i found the sentinel the the toy the sentinel that they had there and i was like oh man i really want rogue and then some guy in my head he must have been in his 20s but maybe yeah that one right there um and he must have been in his 20s but some guy was holding that rogue and i screamed when i saw it i went and i pointed at him like this i was like where did you find her and we had to go looking through the pegs he came with us to look for the pegs and then he was here like you know what you can have it and he gave it to me and all i could think of right now is i would not do that if i saw a kid screaming at my marvel legends like i'd be like go to ebay but that rogue, you I, actually you would. I think you would in the I moment. Would. You're you're a much kinder, gentler soul than you let on, and I, would, I think you would. I would like. I, I mean, listen, if it was plenty of seed. But anyways, that was like my favorite memory of that rogue. So I agree with you. I look at it through these like rose tinted eyes. That it's like such a beautiful, such great figure. But I'm sure it's really just ugly. It's like my ninja force, Psylocke. I was driving, it was the day after Christmas, it was Boxing Day, because the stores were closed on Christmas, and then it was open on Boxing Day. So I was driving around, trying to, um, it sounds bougier, like, kids, this sounds bougier than it really is. When I was 16, I had a car, but it was, like, in an inherited, inherited car. So my car was, like, 14 years old at the time. I was driving around, um boxing day sales and my car broke down in front of the toys r us in altamont springs and so i like went to the uh i went to to the store called my dad from the payphone and my dad was like oh that's convenient that your car broke down (laughs) in front of toys r us like okay and I was like, I'm going to be in so much trouble. So like, because I also had lied. I said I was going somewhere else, um, as you do. And then when I like, 16. Went, when I went into the toy aisles, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have a really SE day today because I'm going to get grounded. My car broke down. This sucks. And then the like, they magically were restocking um, the, oh, toy, the toy biz lines. And yeah. there was there was betsy just freshly put on the thing ran uh, with her, her lavender her lavender hair her lavender hair i bought her and then sure enough i was like i'm gonna get i know my dad's gonna use this as evidence for me being like not doing what i was supposed to be doing which candidly i wasn't doing what i was supposed to be doing anyway so justified so, but uh i still bought her and my dad was like Oh, I see why you broke down. You were chasing your little toys again. 
I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, that that ninja wave though. I mean, you got Holocaust rebranded as Nemesis, Deathbird, and that Psylocke with the lavender hair. But it was the Psylocke head we wanted, not the light up series Psylocke. Although the light up series is such a magical, wonderful series. I just wish they would have kept the original prototype hair. We talked about that endlessly. I we do, and like I'm at the point where I I have a very as I'm growing in my customization skills, I have, I've been developing more and more confidence and, but I have such a reverence for that toy biz line that I find it very hard to like purchase one and alter a toy, like a sacred toy biz figure. But I, one day will probably, it'll actually candidly probably be your fault. I'll probably drunkenly come home and like swap, do hair swaps. I would love it if you did that. And if you can still maintain, and if you can paint her hair that darker color, it was more I have to paint. I know you do, bitch. I'm putting in a request right here. I want oh. you to get that. I want you to get up a light-up Psylocke with the ninja head, put it on there, and paint it a darker color. I th- I feel like it, All would I be an easy, it, it would be an easier swap to do. I think I'm just... I wonder if they would be in scale. Trying to see. I mean, it would work. Is it the same body? I think it's the same body. It's the exact same body. Everything's the same. Oh, I didn't know that, except for the head? Yeah. No. I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah, it it truly is. It 100% is. I wonder wonder if it would fuck with any of the... I mean, do any of the wires for the light-up run through the head? No, I don't think so. No, you're right. You're the, battery, right. the battery's here. Oh, yeah, it's in the back. Yeah. So I think oh, the wiring is. system goes through there because there's the connection. Let me see. Let me see side by side. Oh. Oh, yeah, 100% the same body. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can do it. I challenge you. <laughs> I challenge I'm just you. not ready yet because this no. hair, I don't know how they did this. Like. Oh, and that's why? not helpful. I'm like, that's not uh, helpful. right here. Yeah. Like, I don't know how. Oh, yeah. Connected. Yeah, is it like molded in as a separate piece? It looks like it's an add-on. Yeah. Because now is it looking the same at face? it, it also looks like this hairpiece. Weirdly, also looks like the Black Widow slash. Oh gray. yeah. Oh so, yes, it does. It's the same eyebrows and the eyes. Yeah, so I'm wondering if... Wait, where is this? Where is this gene? That gene that was released by, like, the Marvel Universe or whatever it was. Listen, they tried to make amends for the thing that they did. No, it's different. It's not the same thing. No, it is different. Yeah. Let me see their faces, though. Their faces kind of look similar. Okay. This, I feel like, is like an Emma Frost face. Yeah, I'm pretty, there was a time where I could tell you who that figure was based off of. Like, the body's definitely Mystique's body, isn't it? From yeah, it's Mystique's, yeah, it's Mystique Monster, and then they used it for Black Widow for Marvel Gold. Oh, I and forgot used, about that. Oh, they used right. her for something else. Too. Marvel Gold the Mar- Black Widow. Let me just Google this really quickly. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah she looks better for Marvel Gold. She looks way better as a Marvel Gold. She looks a lot like ScarJo 
in this. How funny. Okay. See, this is where I feel like our old frenemy, Jules Verne, would come into play. Because I feel like he would know exactly who did what. Okay, where, so, where, so, where, hi, why? So, Pedro and I have known each other for decades. We met on AOL Keyword Barfall back in like 1996. <laughs> and I did not put two and two together until probably like the last year and a half. And, and neither did you. I mean, we talked about it. We went to that Star Wars exhibit where the old Urban Outfitters used to be on 14th yeah. and 6th. And we were just talking about it. And you said you used to message, uh, use a message board there. And you were Twizzler P? Is that? Yes. That yeah. is correct. Yeah, that's correct. And, I, and I do remember that. And I was Canon B104. And then Jules Fern was there. And then Jeff, my husband, was JTMU97. And then Mario Sean 5. And then we were in love with, I say JLL Logger, but it was like J Logger or something like that. I don't. I don't remember. I just know like. But he lived he in is, Florida. I, he lived in Florida, so there was like four people from the message board that lived in Florida, and there was like another guy, Jason, who lived in Florida and actually ended up going to university with me. Um, because we were we both went to school together in college, and I was like, and we had met because ironically enough, he was friends with my college boyfriend. So, and my college boyfriend knew J.L. Lager, but didn't know that it was like nerd stuff related. He was like, yeah, there are two, there's these two Disney princes that, um, that are twins. They're like identical twins and they're smoking hot. <laughs> I was like, I know him. I talked to him online. And, whap, whap, whap. and my boyfriend's like, sure, Jan. Sure. Like, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's online. But sure. <laughs> You're like, oh, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and he's everyone thinks it's normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got a toy collection. He's got but a like, toy collection. Now, but now it's like, it's so funny because we are of that generation where it was like, creepy to talk to strangers online. And like, now it's like, that's the only way to talk to people, people in IRL. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree one hundred percent with you. It's fun. My mom used to always tell me, like, I was going to get abducted, that people were going to come to the house and kidnap my baby brother and sell us into like sex trade. And I was like twelve, and my brother was like two, and I was like, because the internet was so scary at the time. But it was, I mean, it, these friendships endure, and it was also creepy, by the way, sidebar to talk about comics in real life so you had no one to talk about about it with because no one got it we didn't have the mcu or anything no so like that, that's kind of one of our our the tropes of a lot of our conversations right with us and amanda of course is this change that has happened like if you would have told me at any point before the 2000s that something like free comic book day would exist I would have laughed in your face. 100%. 100%. I would have been like, there's no way those greedy companies are going to give away a free issue. A. B. That there are this many comic book stores that could create a network where there's like this website and this huge holiday that exists. And C. That these stores would be savvy enough to cultivate this relationship and these cultures. Like, I never would have seen that 
younger me pre 2000s but now i'm like oh yeah obviously it makes sense and it's a big deal and it it should be as we continue to focus on supporting small businesses it's easy to forget local comic book stores are small businesses it's usually companies and like it's usually run by families or people like us who are like you know what let's just get together and make a comic book store and see what happens well, you know, it's so funny because when I was working in book publishing, one of the trends that we saw back in like 2015, 2016 was this resurgence of indie booksellers and this need for people to come to a spot in their neighborhood and have this kind of like community hub where they can geek out, talk about books and stuff like that. And, you know, it's the same now with comic books. I, I think people still go there, even if they're buying books digitally. I buy things digitally because of space. I just don't have the space, you know, to, to have my weekly comics there. But you get to go to the counter and get to talk to people. You get to meet other people. You, you, in our case, we like to interview some comic book sellers. And I agree with you. It's so important. I don't think I could have ever have foreseen something like Free Comic Book Day. The vibe at Forbidden Planet yesterday was so much fun. Like, I walked in, and they just sort of, they're like, here are all your comic books. And it's like this pile of comic books. I don't know how many you got yesterday, but... Mine were limited. Three per yeah. person. Oh, really? But, well, so then I'm going to leave this pile but, here for you, because I can't take it with me. <laughs> But the twist, the twist being that, like, my poor father has endured many hardships raising me, uh, and one of them being every Wednesday. Originally, Comic Book Day was Thursday. I don't know if you were old enough to remember that, but comic books used to come out on Thursdays, then it moved to Wednesdays. Interesting. When did Wednesdays? It was in, it had to have been before 1996, because I couldn't drive. Okay. Um, and so it completely changed my entire schedule. And like, my poor father was like, "Are you? No, this is this is the routine. Like, this is where we're going." I was like, "No, I have to quit that club because they meet on Thursday. They meet on Wednesdays, and I have to be at the comic book store on Wednesdays." Blah blah blah. And my dad's like, "But you, I just paid for like blah blah." I'm like, "I don't care. <laughs> no, I I quit. I'm quitting this club. I have to go to the store on Wednesdays now." Um, he was like, okay. Uh, so he would use, he used to drive me. No, it was a big fight. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he used to drive me. And then yesterday I ended up driving him to the comic book store and driving him around. And it was wonderful to see his reaction to things. Um, because my father is a very loving and gentle man, but he has never really actively participated or taken an interest in my comic books in any way mm -hmm. shape or form like he uh he thinks captain america and batman are friends uh, <laughs> so so it was funny that he got to see something like that because on the drive back we had a very interesting conversation where he was like oh no, I remember when you were a kid and we went to San Diego Comic-Con and I thought it was like this weird, like, I, mean, I, I my child must be with me uh, within every four feet because people were dressed up in these weird costumes and like, it was, it was, 
San Diego was not what it is now. It was like no. at a at a hotel ballroom with a bunch of people just like with comic books. Comic book stores even were where you would find your more mature adult titles like Teen Titans, for example, when it became a direct edition, it had more themes. And like I remember the first issue of Teen Titans, there was like a panel that displayed um an an allusion to sex. And my dad was like, uh this is like not okay for a child to be reading this. He's like, shut up, get me the next issue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's always so you know, I there was this element of weirdness when you're reading these issues in front of your parents and there was this hypersexualization with a lot of the characters, especially some of the boys as well. And it's exactly that. Like, shut up and I just want to read the next issue. Give it to me. And uh, oh, my parents never took uh, me to a Comic Con though, sidebar. Oh, my parents like that's the thing, is my parents raised five kids and they were always very good about giving us our each our own time. And trying to cultivate our interests. And I think part of it too is like, because, well, I, I, growing up, I'm I'm hyperlexic. So like an obsession with like words and reading and uh, letters and things of that nature. So they tried to cultivate anything that would get me to talk to other people. So Mm -hmm. they were always very supportive of that. And in some instances, I think a little too supportive as you've seen my shopping habits. <laughs> oh no, I, I see them. I have literally courtside seats to your shopping habits here. <laughs> Wait, but to, to 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 talk about free comic book day though, we had the Xbox issue that came out and we knew it was gonna flash forward to the night of the Hellfire Gala and we were gonna get some little tidbits of what was going down. And we covered it quickly yesterday that there's a new Captain Krakoa because he kind of infiltrated the X-Men treehouse, and we don't know who it is, but it was someone, his presence was strong enough that it alerted Destiny, and Destiny was like, we have a new player back on the field now, we got to get out of here, they left the Hellfire Gala, so whatever's going to go down at the Hellfire Gala, Mystique and Irene are going to be saved, I mean, Jesus, like, not even giving, like, the warning to someone, like, Irene, like, total, like, Jesus, um, and then we had everything that was going on with Captain America because, you know, Captain Krakoa goes to the U.S. Capitol. He blows up this meeting that's happening between all these U.S. senators. Captain America tries to assemble the Avengers, gets hijacked by, was it Orcus? I think it was Orcus, right? Yeah. I, they look like, um, like AIM agents to me. But um, Rogue saves him with using Polaris's powers. So there was a lot that happened in these pages and I wanted to break it down with you and, and discuss. Perfect. So the first thing I would say is these pages are not skip pages. No. Jim had to write them for a reason. And he always kind of like likes to table set there. So I think it's very important the number of times that we saw Orcus, the number of times that they explained the ruse behind Captain Krakura. So that's very important. And we enter on the shadowy figure who is going through the treehouse in some way, shape, or form has access to it and gets access. We get access to their thoughts and their POV, right? So we know that this person 
is back on the field. We know this person's a religious person. We know this person has had some interactions with mutants in some way, shape, or form, but this person may be an unknown person to our cast. But they yes. are not unknown to the reader. And it's really interesting because it's sort of the inter- like the POV that makes me think that it's someone like Stryker, right? Because it's someone who's obviously has some kind of military background training, has gray hair, is worried about what God is going to think of them as, you know, as what's about to happen. So I'm, I'm curious as to how he was able to know that the, the Captain Krakoa suit was there. This is someone who's obviously very good at their job. But yeah, he's shrouded in mystery. I really do hope this turns out to be someone we know. Because again, why would we... Why would there be a need to, like, have shadows all over his face if it's a character that we haven't seen before, if it's a new character? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? 100%. And the other thing to keep in mind is I don't trust Jerry for shit. I know he's going to pull something out of, like, watch. It's going to be something, somebody like Ted, the guy that Jane, that Jean dated in college. It's going to be like, <laughs> surprise, Senator Kelly's really alive. It's going to be something. Oh, my like, God. Uh, I would love it if it was Senator Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, so like, I- it's going to be, it's. I just don't trust Jerry. Jerry has such a vast knowledge of the X books in the universe that, like, it's going to be some rando that's on panel 32 of issue 17. Like, good luck to you all. Right. And it's funny. When I first saw the image to Uncanny Avengers and that the Unity Squad was coming back and they were going to have Captain Krakow on it, I was like, oh, that's going to be Mystique. I bet you that's going to be the twist there, right? Because Mystique can take on it like a male form. Blah, blah, blah. I, I would think it's really hard now for it to be Mystique, given on the next page we saw that Irene was like, something's happening, and they're worried about Rogue, and Irene's like, we gotta leave now. The only way that could work is that if this scene actually happens earlier than the, the, the previous scene, but I don't think that's gonna be the case. But, you know, one thing that Connor uh, pointed out on his Twitter from Cerebrocrass that I did not notice was that if you look at this panel right here with Irene and Mystique, who's up there? Who's the DJ? Look at it. You're going to die when you see who the DJ is. My eyes are horrible. Who is that? It's DJ Spiral. Spiral is a DJ. (laughs) Spiral is DJing the Hellfire Gala. Okay, that Connor, we thank you for your service. Thank you, I can die Connor. Happy des- Connor deserves whatever award comic book podcasters get. Like that was like real, real analyzing right there. I mean, how could you see that? Are my eyes that bad? I know I'm old, but like, I'm pleased with that, that, is that what, That's one thing I do have to say about touching a physical comic after mm-hmm. a long time because i like you i'm a digital person yeah. is the paper feels interesting to me like is this what normal floppies feel like now i it, guess it yeah has this... they, they don't feel right you know what i mean it feels it's so like glossy. it's almost like a newsprint with a coating yeah that's but a fair way of putting pa- it 
the paper is definitely different. I think keeping in mind of who we're playing with, it, right, where it's Irene and Raven. So, in thinking this through, I couldn't help but be reminded. Number rule number one: don't trust Jerry. Nothing is ever as easy as it can be seen because uh, he's that talented. It reminded me that Raven, for years, was a government operative. She was inside the Pentagon. Like she tortured Carol for years. She yeah. worked with Val. So I feel like it's someone that we definitely have met before, and Raven specifically has met in that capacity. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe it's that random FBI agent from the Shadow King saga. Uh, in like uncanny 256 who was trying to get storm or who oh, yeah. up and like tried to, who tried to kill val but i feel and shot mystique remember like they tried to like do that entire thing um so i feel like that's another candidate for the suspect list mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. there's definitely a connection between these three women i agree and 100 percent agree or two women in the, the yeah, and the, and the, and the, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it ties into that era of Raven's life, but then that's also what got me to think, yeah, we saw Senator Kelly die, but then again, we saw Moira die. We've seen everyone die at this point, like it could yeah. be Senator Kelly since that factors into the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants storyline, specifically with Destiny and with Mystique. Well, and also because, like, I feel like Orcus is so angry about mutant resurrection and stuff like that. I wonder if they've been able to secretly harness that technology somehow. However, I mean, whatever comic book magic. And they could bring someone back like Creed, for example, like Radiant Creed or Senator Kelly or whoever. And they can resurrect, and they just look different. Maybe they're aged up, maybe they have a different face, and maybe that's why Cyclops doesn't recognize them. But, no worries, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, no worries. And I think the reason why I don't suspect Gaiden Creed is because of the references to God. And then again, Gaiden's been in hell, and uh, Victor saved him from hell. So maybe that yeah. could turn him to be into a religious person. Um, but that's where I was like, I don't necessarily know if that works for me. But again, it's Jerry. Jerry can make most things work. So yeah. it could be. I spoiler. I don't know who this is. I have a list of ten yeah. people. I don't know who it is, and I just know that Jerry's gonna be taking my money. That's all. Take our money, Jerry, right there. So. So then Cyclops comes through the gate because this shadowy figure is standing before his prize, which is the Captain Krakoa outfit. And Cyclops is like, uh, bad choice coming here. I'm going to kick your ass. But he's actually able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cyclops and really, like, punches him in the gut. I know. I kind of want this to be, like, my phone home screen. <laughs> I, I mean, listen... The art by Joshua Kassara is gorgeous. I mean, it's very fluid. I mean, Cyclops gets his ass kicked. I mean, he uses his optic blast here and there. But for the most part, 
this guy is like stomping on Cyclops' face and he's able to get the suit back. And he's able to get the suit back because I guess Orcus gives him some kind of like poison that he's able to inject into the security around the the, the suit. And so he's able to put it on and he grabs Cyclops and throws him off of Treehouse and he falls onto the ground and then he lights it on fire. And he flies away. Which, to me, that, that, that was a lot that happened in like a short span, right? So this person yeah. has some kind of military training of some sort. So that's where I think all of the theories around the executioner came. Mm-hmm. Because I... Fakely, I need to reread it because I was very passively rereading the Exterminators um, when they did the crossover with the Age of Apocalypse world, where it was like Uncanny X-Force and that, because I felt like there was some resolution around the Executioner. But maybe that's that. But more importantly, Cyclops died. He died. He died. And he has to get resurrected and back into his dress blues before we go into the gala. So that's... What worries me... Okay, so I I was just rereading parts about resurrection and that resurrection takes about 48 hours. So either he's he's dead and, you know, he's going to be off the table or he kind of is alive. I mean, it's a big fall. I mean, listen, I don't know... (laughs) I mean, if he survived, that's because there's some kind of genetically enhanced genes working here. I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I think he's dead. But and maybe they're just not going to abide by the rule that it takes 48 hours to resurrect. You know, a um, human. You and I are both expecting a red wedding. Hellfire yeah. Gala. It's going to be a red. It has to be a red wedding. It has to be a red wedding. have seen him in the promo materials for what comes next. Yeah. So... He gets resurrected unless they're pulling a Malibu. He's going to get resurrected. And, like, maybe he is the last person that gets resurrected before the Red Wedding happens. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair way of putting it. I think there was a piece of art that I saw online. I saw it on Twitter, on, like, some kind of Jean Grey Twitter account, where Cyclops is changing out of his outfit and running towards the treehouse and Gene is behind him and it's the Luciano Vejico art and we know he is drawing for the Hellfire Gala so Cyclops is going to be at the Hellfire Gala he's going to be alerted something's happening he's going to switch into his Jim Lee costume he's going to come he's going to fight and he's going to die and then he's going to get resurrected so that happens and I don't you know what I'm going to tell you like I feel that Cyclops got beaten too easily in this and I don't know if that is okay with me or if it's like sending some kind of stakes or stuff like that or if it kind of irks me. But I do like that final shot of the treehouse on fire and the new Captain Krakoa just bolting off into the sky. See, I wasn't bothered by him getting... First off, I'll never apologize for loving seeing Scott get his ass handed to him. I think that, <laughs> that, is, that is always amazing. Um, but... I just took it as his ego where mm-hmm. he's drunk at the gala and finds out someone's coming into his house and he's like, well, I'm Cyclops. I can do anything. La, la, la. And just goes in and has <laughs> handed to him. Which is, you know, Scott Summers acting without thinking. What a shocker. But I hope he's got, he got trashed at the Hellfire Gala. I hope so. Although, wait, 
I, I think it was like the first Hellfire Gala. They talk about like buying drinks. I was like, sir, if you're going to a Hellfire Gala, if you're going to any kind of gala, it's always an open bar. That was something I remember like took me out of it for for readers, but as a reader. But okay, so then so then there's like a secret U.S. intelligence group meeting and at, at the at the state capitol, and, or excuse me, at the capitol, and um. It's pretty funny that, like, they're talking about everything that's going on with the Krakoans and what they should do. And then Captain Krakoa walks in, the new Captain Krakoa, and he has grenades, and he just blows up this intelligence meeting. I think it, yeah, it also goes with the whole Nightcrawler Spider-Man angle, where mutants are getting framed. Like, this entire time... You and I are are very much of the of the mindset of Hickman would come back to finish this era. Mm-hmm. So it to me, I don't think the fall of X is going to be the Hickman level event coming back to finish off the chapter. I feel like it's a different chapter in the same book mm-hmm. of the fall of X being the going to be more around mutants even more so becoming the enemy where they framed it by having like some slight spoiler alerts uh, where Nightcrawler killed all those people. And mm-hmm. now we have Captain Krakoa going in and killing an entire body of constituents of like government officials. So it's, it's an interesting take. And I weirdly, the way that, this is just me being weird, but the way that his stance and everything of Captain Krakoa, it really reminded me of Jim Hudson, Guardian slash Vindicator. Yeah. Oh, that's that, a really good one. Because we've seen that Wolverine's dad's cousin is going to be like, he's, his feelings are hurt around not being included in the whole trajectory and like the building of Mars and everything but it it gave me that kind of homage to that battle suit and mm-hmm. knowing that there's a new alpha flight series that's coming that's pitting the super powered members of alpha flight versus the mutant contingent that there might be something and jim uh mac is also a bioscientist kind of person so maybe he has something to do with how captain krakoa got the suit if it's not him or Senator Kelly, or Ted Duncan, or one of <laughs> one of the things I really want to note though about this is the way they do his art here for Captain Krakoa. It feels very Homelander inspired. That he's yeah. just extremely unhinged. I mean, you have this figure that's supposed to be representative of nationalism and like all the good that Krakoans can do, but he's actually an unhinged, crazy person. I know it's because. He's supposed to be a villain, but I do think they, they're drawing on some Homelander vibes for these panels. Oh, completely. And it's the first time I really noticed, and maybe this is me being silly, the X looks very Professor X-y. Oh, you're right. Like, I oh. never noticed that before, where it was like, oh, that's kind of weird. He looks a little like Professor X. He does. But, oh, I never that, noticed that with the helmet. Never noticed that with the helmet. So, speaking of things I never noticed is Steve Rogers, right? We know that he's an artist and he lives in Brooklyn and that's where the scene kind of takes us. Mm-hmm. He, we resurrected him. So, like, 
why is this what's going on here like during judgment war he was killed off and resurrected you know sinister was annoyed that he was being used to save somebody um that wasn't a mutant but wouldn't that have unlocked even more so because i know we have the phoenix resurrection protocols where gene's working on like saving 10 percent of humans or something like that like love that journey for her I, I will always love that journey for her. And I hope that she starts with her family in some way, shape, or form. Because Yeah, I give the grace a second chance here. The level of... it just The longer it takes for certain characters to pop up in the Resurrection Era, the worse it makes other characters look. Yeah, agree. Like, where's Adrian Frost? <laughs> okay, Adrian Although, Frost. Emma's probably like, nope, not at all. I mean, she did mention that. She mentioned it as Cordelia, but I think editorially it was a mistake. It was supposed to be Adrian. Right, but like, there's people like uh, Jean's niece and nephew who oh, yeah. passed away, who were mutants. Yeah, yeah. Mean, and they should be in the Yeah, Right. Like, they've been missing for a while. Rusty, who was like Scott's foster child, like the Robin to his Batman. He's been dead and he's been brought back by now, but like, I don't know. They should be among the first. Right. Like, there are certain people that, based off their connection and okay, the backups didn't exist, is what we're going with now. But that also, that storyline doesn't make sense to me because if Charles knew back in Scotland before he formed the X Men that Nora's lives were happening, wouldn't he have just been doing backups this entire time? Yeah, like, I agree. It's never made sense to me. None of it made sense to me. I, I'm glad Leah Williams, the one thing I do like of Trial Magneto was that they just did a blanket. There is a mutant iCloud out there. You can just download, resurrect whoever you want, find whatever. But I agree with you. When they first met, he knew what was happening. Wasn't he doing backups then? It never made any sense to me. I don't know how the Phoenix Resurrection is supposed to be resurrecting humans. I don't know if, like, how does that work? How can you anticipate who you're going to resurrect? Because, like, I would say, like, bring back your family, but I guess backups don't exist for them. I would also say comic book magic, you can just wave your hands, and editorially anything can happen. But I do like the idea that the Phoenix Foundation exists to resurrect humans who are affected by, like, mutant terror or aliens or, or, you know, global events that kill people, the Phoenix, you know, foundation is there to help rectify those losses, to mitigate those losses. But again, it just ends up making, making everything more convoluted than it needs to. But yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Steve Rogers is right now. But also like, it changes motivation, right? Because if Orcus knows that mutants are resurrecting humans, regardless of what number percentage, it just yeah. weakens that storyline to me. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, well, why, why, why are you mad? Like, yeah. this is happening. We're going to be resurrecting humans as well. I think it would have been interesting for it to take more of a different tool of like, okay, well, if we're going to keep resurrecting everyone... What does that mean for resources on our planet? Like, what does it mean? 100%. I've said this before. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, there's some mutants. There was a mutant who died at the beginning of endangered species, right? Where they were like, how did he die? Who killed him? And they're like, no, he just walked in front of a bus and got hit. You know, he just died naturally. 
are you going to resurrect him? Why? His time already kind of passed. It's unfortunate he died. But, like, what are you going to do? What, what is the end goal of resurrecting all these, all the mutants and then bringing in new ones? I understand from a superhero team perspective, you want those backups for your heroes, and that's why you would resurrect them until they have an organic death, you know, whatever an organic death could be. But I just don't see what is to be gained when you're starting to resurrect everyone and now humans as well. Again, for the Phoenix Foundation, I would make it like, hey, we're trying to smooth over relations here. If you are killed or caught in like this mutant war, as an apology, we will try to resurrect you. But then how do you account for casualties that just happen on the field unless you have a backup of that person? Right. It doesn't, and one of the things that, like, the Claremontism of it all, right? Like, yeah. I would rather, instead of doing retrocon series after retrocon series, I would rather that they give Claremont an opportunity to do something like one of the biggest disappointments I had, what, and I, I will bitch about this until the day I die, probably, is mm-hmm. when they announced Fallen Angels, I really thought it was going to be more of a character study as to what it means to be resurrected in this era. Like you have these mutants that died, like Rusty died tragically. His girlfriend has lived for years after um, with skids and she's become an agent of shield. Like she's out there being an espionage agent comes back and it's not, they're not high school kids anymore, but he is. Yeah, he's like twenty-one years old, and his girlfriend's like <laughs> in her late twenties. And like, what does that mean for that? The complications. I really thought that that would have been more of Claremont's journey, since mm-hmm. he used to give us all these like character-driven pieces that could exist within current continuity, like Extreme X Men. And whether or not you enjoyed them is subjective, but I'm just surprised that there hasn't been as much character around resurrection as there has been just the technicality of it. Well, they they set up resurrection to be something really interesting and, and, and sort of like nebulous, right? Like you can resurrect in a body that's not necessarily your own, you can switch your sex, you can switch your appearance, you can age yourself to wherever you want to be in the process. You know, it, it, we've seen in the case of Emma Frost, you can come back with all your plastic surgery intact, you know, like, and it's fine. I, I would like, I, I wish we would have had more of a look into resurrection like that, but I feel like they're just doing whatever the plot demands and not really dictating those terms. Because again, it should be 48 hours. I mean, that's not stuff we made up here. I'm not trying to be like a stickler here. Those are the rules you gave us for this world. But it's a whole big mess. And we have Steve Rogers on the Brooklyn Bridge. And then it blows up. He falls into the water with these Orcus agents and Rogue using Polaris's powers, which I love. It was Polaris. Like, we have become major Polaris stands in the last few weeks here because of Emma Dubon. And he... He's just like, oh, thank you so much for saving me, Rogue. And Rogue is like, what? This feels like something terrible is happening in in DC. We gotta go check it out because Captain America was trying to assemble, you know, all nearby heroes to go check out what's going on in DC because Captain Krakoa blew up the Capitol. The only thing that would have made this panel better is if Rogue had a cup of coffee. Oh, I know. 
Oh my god, do you remember the days when Rogue actually used to, like, assimilate people's personality when she absorbed the power? I know. Can you imagine if she was just sipping coffee and then, like, having him like that? That would have been amazing. It would have been amazing. So then the story takes us off to a different household where there is I feel like this is the shield agent that's assigned to Deadpool. I am not Deadpool is not my ministry. Um, so I have mad love and respect for Fabian and for Gail and what they've done with the character. Yeah. I never expected Deadpool to become what he is these days. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's the intersection point of getting Deadpool back into the uncanny Avengers universe right since again not a mutant he is a member of the weapon x like surgical fan but he is not a mutant and they need to figure out a way of getting him back onto the union squad i feel that doesn't just include him being obsessed with steve rogers which i mean who wouldn't be i mean who wouldn't be a i mean literally in love with him but yeah, so it's Emily Preston, I believe that's her name, the the shield agent, and Ellie, who is Deadpool's daughter. And I guess we're was it not I didn't know this, so people is she can call Deadpool's us Deadpool's daughter? I thought Ellie was Deadpool's daughter. Let's double check this. I didn't know he had a daughter. Ellie Deadpool Wiki. Look at her. Let's Look see. At- yeah, it's her. Eleanor. Camacho is a daughter of Deadpool and someone else. Yeah, she was raised by mom, Bandit. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, so she's, I guess this is re- the first time she's revealed to be a mutant. Yeah. Or uh, actually, no, it was revealed in Deadpool Volume 5, Issue 34, that she is a mutant. So is there someone else in there that's supposed to be a mutant? I don't know, but. There you go. There you have it. And they, there's a sentinel that's looking like Iron Man behind this shield agent. It's it's just like a mic drop moment right there. And I really feel like the shield agent looks a lot like Thunderbolt Ross. Oh yeah. Is it Thunderbolt Ross? I don't I don't practice Deadpool enough to know. <laughs> But anyways, so that's where it ends. And I guess the Unity Squad, excuse me, the Unity Squad is coming back. I, you know, we know that they were, they're coming back because mutant human relations is going to be an all-time low. Obviously, this issue has set it up, blowing up the U.S. Capitol, everything that's going on with Orcus. The mutants are enjoying their third annual Hellfire Gala. And things are going to get really, really nasty for mutants in the coming months. And that is exactly why the Unity Squad needs to assemble to try to mend. Although, I don't know how they're going to mend anything. You have Penance, which I love M, but you have Penance, you have Deadpool, you have Quicksilver, Rogue, and Psylocke, and then this Captain Krakoa. Like, what is their game here? Like, it's not like you have Gene or Captain Marvel on this Unity Squad, or even fucking Wasp. You know what I mean? Where you can be like, wow, these are really outstanding heroes. I mean, you have Deadpool and Quicksilver. I mean, they're they're pretty terrible. And and Psylocke is an assassin, for God's sakes. Well, it's also very mutant heavy, considering it's supposed to be a Unity Squad. Yeah, the I wonder if not- everyone's like, no, we don't want to do it. Maybe, or I, I, 
maybe perhaps we haven't seen the full lineup. I don't think Captain Krakow is part of the lineup, or if he is, someone uh, takes on that mantle. Like, yeah. I don't think the Captain Krakoa that we have seen that just blew up everything is going to be the Captain Krakoa of the team lineup, if that's the case. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you would think in today's world, with all of the security everywhere and people with iPhones, they would see Captain Krakoa blowing up the U.S. Capitol. That it wouldn't be a mystery, but we'll see where it goes with that. I can't, I, I, I don't know where they're going to go. I'm really excited to see what happens, but, you know... I, I, I hope they stick the landing on this. My feels are that the Hellfire Gala like event is going to be a lot of fun in terms of a Red Wedding-style massacre. And then we're going to get into fallbacks, but it's going to waver a little bit until the next milestone crossover event. That's sort of where I'm landing, on my opinion here, with everything. Yeah, I just... I, it's kind of tough, right? Because the next pages we see are Hickman's next piece of work. And then the other free comic book day had Spider-Man having a series and then there's also a preview there for something else. So it's, it, it is a very challenging release schedule, I think for the next year where it's multiple events at the same time, leveraging some of the similar casts and themes. So I, I'm not one to be like, Oh my God, like I'm so tired of events. I have event fatigue. I hate that term because Joe Casada used it back during ABX. It's like, dude, you created these events. Like, why are you saying event fatigue? However, I will say, I think at this point, like you cannot be promoting sins of sinister when dark web is still going on. You cannot be promoting dark web when judgment day is still going on and, and, and everything ends and there's no real resolution. So I'm hoping fall of X the status quo will stay how, you know, the new status quo will stay for a couple of years and then you can move on to your next event, you know, reestablishing Krakoa or whatever happens to Krakoa uh, at the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. I, I don't think I have event fatigue. I think I have plot fatigue. Like I'm looking for more of the character moments mm -hmm. that exist. And I feel like even X-Men Unlimited on the Marvel Unlimited app has even that's even taken more of a plot, plot, plot yeah. versus character development and study, except for Gwenpool. I think Gwenpool's done an amazing, the Gwenpool and love storyline. Again, Gwenpool, not my ministry. I just started reading it because the Jonathan Loves the X-Men told me to. Oh my God, I love Jonathan Loves the X-Men. And Mutant Musings, I miss that podcast so much. Shout out to Jonathan and Patty. Great podcast. Yeah, a great podcast. And I just, he told me to read it, I read it, and I was like, yes, this is what I'm actually craving, is these kinds of character moments and realizations. Because if not, the, I mean, character and character development is what separate, and lack of icons are what separate us from the DCU. And I'm not interested in that. Like, I'm more of the old school Claremontian character beats that happen and matter. 100% agree. Um, is there anything else you wanted to chat about? Or I feel like we need to do a separate episode on Minimates. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. Let's do that. All right, okay. let me pick it up. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. All right, well, I'm so happy we had you to talk about free comic book day. Where can folks hit you up? I mean, I feel like everyone should know at this point if they listen to this podcast because I'm always regramming your amazing stuff. Yeah, just find me on the gram at Minimated. That's where I live. 
<laughs> All right, Familia, join us next week. I don't know what we have coming down the pipeline. I'm like, we're so disorganized with all of our interviews. We we have a Dungeons and Dragons episode, which it's part two. Mutants and Mansions. Mutants and Mansions that Sean hosted. And that's your first like big appearance on the podcast, but this is going to air before it. And then we have an interview with some of the X-Men Evolutions folks. And then we have some other people who we we haven't announced yet, but I'm really excited for it. But I'm just so happy you're here. This has made my morning. Well, it's made my morning. And that's part of the charm, right? Like, you expect the unexpected with the Power of X community <laughs> and podcasts. I literally DM'd you yesterday. I was like, or no, not yesterday. It was a little like two days ago. But we were like, let's chat about Free Comic Book Day. And what happens? Because we knew something big was going to happen. And it did deliver. I think, listen, I recommend it. People should pick it up. If they can't go to your free, go to your comic book store and get this free issue if it's still available. Because they do plant a lot of seeds here. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited and for try, it. Try to support your comic book store. Don't be those people that just go in and grab the stuff and leave. Like, yeah. try if you can. <laughs> try if you can. All right, Familia, we'll see you next week. Bye.